It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Tyler Bertuzzi has officially arrived for the Maple Leafs. We'll recap his big night against the Avalanche as the Leafs get their seventh win in a row. And it's Monday. How about a little mock trade Monday to get your day started? All that more coming up on the Lockdown Leafs podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Leafs podcast, a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike DiStefano, and my co-host, Dave Morissuti. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. What's going on, everyone? What's going on, Dave? Hope you had a splendid weekend, my friend. Well, it's always nice when you see the buds on a winning streak or see it continue. Yes, did see it continue. They absolutely uh, did. It was a nice, you know, a bit of a change of pace win from the past, right? Usually that you look at the course of this winning streak, the Leafs have been, you know, pretty dominant. They've been getting off to pretty good starts. You know, this was one where they had to come back and, and they completed the comeback and then, Final minute, Colorado was pushing, but Toronto able to keep them out of the net. Samsonov, big save on uh, Nathan McKinnon there at the buzzer, basically, right before the game came to a close. They won 4-3, to three, kept the winning streak alive. But this game will, be ever, will forever be known as the Bertuzzi game because this was his coming out party as a Toronto Maple Leaf. It, it wasn't that long ago, Dave, that we were talking about this guy going like 30 games without a goal. And he finally scored one about a week, week and a half ago. And he's got a couple without another goal. And then it was his birthday on Saturday. And he celebrated it with not one, not two, but three goals, my friend. A hat trick for Tyler Bertuzzi to lead the Leafs to victory this past weekend. How impressed were you by his performance? Oh, I mean, it was it was heroic. The Leafs, like, if it wasn't for the Bertuzzi hat trick... Not sure they pull off that win. Like, oh, probably not. Right. And so, who knew all it took was him turning, you know, having a birthday to have a big breakout? I'm sure the celebrations were, were quite splendid afterwards, too. But what I liked about it, look at where all three goals were scored. All three were in his kitchen. And what, what I like, especially, is we've been talking about it for all season long. This guy has been so snake bitten. The numbers suggest he should be putting up way more goals. Yes. Right. He leads the team in expected goals because he's not cheating. He's doing what needs to be done to score goals. It's just he's had the worst luck I've ever seen a hockey player ever have. Yeah. And guess what? That for he hit a post earlier in the game. So he actually should have had four goals in that game. Um, but yeah, he was doing everything right, doing everything right, and he was rewarded for it. Yeah, and look, it wasn't just the goal scoring. I mean, obviously, that's 
you know, the sexy thing that we'll pull away from this game. But like he was out there blocking shots. He ended up with three block shots on the night. He had a really big one. Uh, I remember in the first period that he was kind of hobbling, um, but he was good to go. Obviously went out and scored a couple of Geno's afterwards, you know, on the power play, he's kind of taken over that John Tavares spot in front of the net. He's, you know, two of those three goals came on the power play last night. So he's really doing uh, good things at five on five, obviously on the man advantage. And uh, this is the Tyler Bertuzzi that I think, that the Leafs thought they were going to be getting, or at least that Brad Trilliving thought that they'd be getting. Not a guy who's going to score a hat trick every night, but you know, someone who's going to contribute to this team and be a legitimate top six scoring threat. Because you know, this is a guy who you looked at and you're like, this is a 25 to 30 goal scorer who brings an edge to the game. That's what the Maple Leafs were buying this past summer, and up until this point, you know, he's brought a little bit of an edge. But the goal scoring really has not been there at all. Uh, he's sitting on, what, seven goals, uh, six goals for the longest time, finally got his seventh. And now he's up to, what, eight, nine, ten on the year, if I'm not mistaken, after this hat trick. So finally cracked the double digits. Um, if he can, like, if this is the the difference here, if this is the difference here, um, and this is where his season turns around, and this is the Tyler Bertuzzi that we get the rest of the way, leading into and including the playoffs because that's going to be important then man this is going to be big a big development for the maple Leafs going forward yeah because he's this is what i envision like that i mean did i envision tyler bertuzzi scoring hat tricks every every game no but i envision him being a in those just playing that style that no one else on the team had really done right Leafs didn't generally have a guy that was willing to kind of get into that, you know, the nitty gritty piss off the other, the opponent. And, you know, his, his style of play is just so different that I think a lot of people didn't have a lot of patience for him. Like, let's not forget he struggled last year too. And then he ended up leading the Bruins and goals. Yeah. Once we got the boss and he, he unlocked something, but yeah, he was struggling a little bit in, uh, in Detroit. Now that team wasn't very good and he wasn't playing with good players. Um, yeah. Unlike here in Toronto. I mean, he was playing to start the year with Marner and Matthews and he couldn't really get it going. And then for the longest time, he's been with Tavares and Nylander couldn't get it going, but you know, uh, they made that switch. Max Domi came up onto the second line and they found something, man. There's, there's some real potential in the second line here with Nylander, Tyler Bertuzzi and Max Domi. I, you know, for the longest time, I, I, I guess, you know, it made sense to have Tavares up there and it was, you know, you got your pairs that Sheldon Keefe always relied on, you know, Matthews and Marner are a pair and then Tavares and Nylander are a pair, but like William Nylander is good enough to drive his own line. So you can throw a Max Domi up there and you know, that he can be a piece of the puzzle. Obviously Domi can, but like Nylander's good enough to drive a line. And, and and if that's the case, that allows them to move Tavares back down uh, to the third line. Now you got three lines that are going. And then when you get the fourth line, who's played well of late as well, you know, this this is a, a buzz of a team, man. Like the way that they've played, it's it was an impressive road trip that they just went on. Uh, they got to come back home now and they'll play the Vegas Golden Knights again. So you're going to play another top team um, this time in your own building. But they just went undefeated on the road, and they beat you know the 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 last two Stanley Cup champions 
uh, along the way. Vegas was on the second night of a back-to-back, and this one up in mile high where you know the the team goes down early and they had to fight back and claw back and they completed the completed the 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 comeback it's they've you know they've gotten some really impressive wins here dave some really impressive wins here of late we'll see how much longer they can keep it going but seven in a row that's a statement when uh when no more than you know a month ago we were looking at this team thinking do they deserve to be invested in at the trade deadline i would say at this point yeah, they've they've shown that if they just get a couple more pieces, maybe they can make some noise if they continue to play this way. And also add that that game against the Avs, they don't win that game if Yulia Samsonov doesn't play like he did. Like he was oh, yeah. unreal. Yeah. Um shout out to Samsonov uh as well. Yes. Like the, not even just that one save on the goal line. I don't even know how that puck didn't go in. But with all yeah. Rantanen, is that Rantanen or is it, no, it was was it Colton, Colton? Ross Colton, Colton. Ross Colton. But like all night, the Avs had their chances. Like how many odd rushes, chances in tight? Thirty-seven scoring chances against is what uh, natural stat trick clocked them in at throughout the night. Thirty-seven scoring chances against the Maple Leafs. Anybody you say enough? Five on five, the Leafs are outchanced. Uh, for high high danger chances, thirteen to seven. Yeah, so du- almost pretty much double the high danger chances. Your goaltender stood on his head. Did yeah. his job. Yep, hundred percent. I will be curious, man. Like, so we Joseph Wall started his first game of his rehab or uh, conditioning stint, whatever you want to call it, uh, down with the the Marlies and uh, everything I read said he he looked pretty good. Um, still not ready to play. I think they have another game on Wednesday. I would be shocked if he started in that game. And then next weekend maybe is, is when, you know, he comes back and uh, helps the buds gets back into the full tier, but it's going to be interesting to see how they go about, um, you know, the, the, the tandem when Joseph Wool is fully healthy. Cause like, to me, Ilya Samsonov has taken the job back as the number one. Like I, 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 Try. I, I I was having a conversation last week when I was filling in on Overdrive, and I had asked that question to uh, to Jim Ralph, Leafs color guy, on the radio, and and you know he was giving it his answer, and, and he said, yeah, it'll probably be a one A. We'll see what happens. But Jonas Siegel, our good friend over at the Athletic, I saw him in the corner of my eye because we were both filling in that day, and he was shaking his head. He's like, no, no, I don't think so. And I just, I don't know, man. Like I look at the way Samsonov has played, the way that he's, um, you know, kept this team in it, and and his numbers since he's returned. I don't know how he doesn't go back to being the one A. I'm not saying that he takes, you know, starts four to five games or five out of six games or anything like that, but he certainly is, you know, on top of the pecking order. I would say uh, in the one A one B conversation when Joseph Wool gets back, I, I would think. What about you? I the one thing you have to ask yourself is do you trust Elias Samsonov to go out in a must-win game and win that game? Right now, I have a better sense, I have a better faith that he can do that than I did a couple months ago. And I can yeah. understand people still might feel differently because you know, but this is not a small sample size for Samsonov. He's been doing this ever since he came back. 
He did it all last year too. Like let's, yeah. <laughs> he's like, played better hockey in a leaf uniform for a longer stretch and he's played bad hockey. Let's also remember let, that. Let's not forget this. The issue Samsonov was dealing with were not technical. You, yeah. It was clear. It's now becoming as clear as day that this was between the ears. He said it, he acknowledged it. So what did yeah. the Leafs do? All right, we're going to get you away from this. We're going to let you get yourself reset. And that's what he's done. Now, do I think Joseph Wall has a chance to make a case to still keep in the running? I do. Yeah, I hey, they... Don't get me wrong. By me saying this, I'm not saying that there's no way. No. Like The game one starter is going to be Samsonov. Sammy still has to continue to play this way. But if yeah. he does continue to give you what's he had like a 9 11 9 12 save percentage since he's returned if he's a 9 12 save percentage goalie down the stretch and into the playoffs i mean you're gonna roll with that guy as 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 your dude i, I think that the maple leafs as of now if samsonov can continue to play this exact same way um night in and night out just like he has over the last few weeks here since his return and there's no reason for me to believe that he will lose his job to joseph wall not to say that Wall can't go out and, and and earn it, or if play dips from Sammy and Wall, you know, starts playing well, that Wall can reclaim that job. But as of now, uh, I think it's Samsonov's to lose again, as opposed to um, Wall's to to go out and grab. Yeah, and, and let's be honest here. Like we also know that they're going to need two goaltenders. Samsonov has had dealt with injury issues in the past. Even Joseph Wall, like the reason why it's taken so long is. They, he's not as comfortable pushing it, right? He wants to make sure he's good. I also do want to acknowledge, like we we all talk about Joseph Wall, like he's the savior and and he's the goat and the greatest goaltender, uh, you know, uh, in Toronto and forever. But this guy's played twenty six games at the NHL level. Twenty six games. We don't really know exactly what we have in Joseph Wall. Played well prior to the injury. Absolutely. He was a rock star goaltender for many games prior to getting hurt. Um, and he was great for Toronto when he came and filled in for a couple of the games in, in round two last year prior to being eliminated. But there's still, you know, some question marks as to what Joseph Wall is at the NHL level. I like what I've seen so far. I do. But 26 games, let's hold the horses before we anoint this guy. You know, the, 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 yeah starter the number one clear-cut guy going forward when he gets back after missing a few months here like this will be like what 30 games since he's played it's it's, it's been a long time since mm -hmm. this guy's been in the pipes uh been between the crease um all right let's uh let's let's kind of put a bow on this conversation here and uh look forward to you know what's going on in leafland um Leafs have won seven in a row last one being a 4-3 win they do not play tonight but they play tomorrow with the Golden Knights coming into town but with the night off Dave I thought that it'd be a really fun opportunity for us to uh kind of do a little bit of a, a a mock trade Monday we both have come up with a mock trade that we like we're going to present it to each other on the other side and then uh give our thoughts on it and talk about it and see what the Maple Police might be able to do 12 days from now or 11 days from now, whatever it is, I think it's 11 days from, uh, from today um, up until the NHL trade deadline. So we'll have that conversation on the other side, little trade talk to get you through a Monday. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. You're listening to the Lockdown Leafs podcast, part of Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day.
Our sponsor once again today is Camino Consulting. You've heard of our online families and couples course and taken advantage of the locked on 25% discount running to the end of the month. But what about the live seminars? In both sport and business, the challenge in differentiating candidates and recruits is an endless battle. Everyone can demonstrate their measurables and qualifications, but we all know it is the intangibles that matter when those things are similar. Contact Camino Consulting for their team and management seminars to get a peek behind the curtain and watch your next recruiting class or hiring group become one of the most effective you've ever seen, both because you identified the right candidates and because you've learned how to communicate and motivate them in accord with their own preferences. But you are in business or working with a team. We pay referrals, make some money, making your workplace and favorite teams better. Every group works together better at the end of the year than week one. So contact Camino Consulting at CaminoConsulting.ca and get on the fast track to understand. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Standing. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti. We are a daily Maple Leaf centric podcast. You can find our pod wherever you do get your podcast at. Also up on YouTube, it's Locked On Leafs. We got new content coming out each and every weekday, Monday through Friday. Uh, speaking of Friday, two Fridays from now, next Friday is the NHL trade deadline. The Maple Leafs have yet to make a move so far this season, so we're not exactly sure what to expect. Uh, and it's the first NHL trade deadline under the helm of Brad True Living, so it's a little bit of a, a, a different taste than what we're used to uh, under Kyle Dubas, obviously. But, you know, we thought that it would be fun here, Dave and I, to kind of tee things up a little bit, get the creative juices flowing, and a good time to start uh, trade season talk with a little mock trade Monday. So both Dave and I have come up with a mock trade that we like, uh, that we want to present to each other, and uh, we can kind of uh, discuss the deal afterwards. And I put it out on Twitter as well, asked for some of you guys to get back at me with some of the trades that you think are uh, something you'd like to see. So at the end of the show, a little bit later on, we'll uh, we'll we'll um, talk about some of the trades that you guys submitted as well. All right, Dave, uh, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I want you to go first. It was your idea in the first place to bring this up. So, all right, all right, I will go first with my trade. So I I thought of two. Do you want me to go with like the depth deal or the blockbuster deal? Go with like the go with the depth deal first. Okay. So the first so again, I the problem with doing the depth deal first is the depth deal becomes you don't have to do it if the blockbuster deal. So I'll start with the blockbuster okay. actually, because the depth deal is just in case this other deal does not happen. So we're gonna start with obviously what we all know needs to be addressed, and that is finding uh a right-handed defenseman, right, to plug into the top four. We keep hearing from all these insiders that the Maple Leafs are kicking tires on a lot of different right-handed D around the league. And um, so I went right to the source, the team that's got a couple of them that are available. And I think we could get a twofer, Dave. I think the Maple Leafs could really get aggressive and really upgrade their blue line and potentially <laughs> go after 
two of the Calgary Flames right-handed defensemen. Yes, that's right. It is a blockbuster, pal. This is a blockbuster for sure. And it is one that I have been able to get this team cap compliant with as well, I might add. Uh, but the way to get it done. Okay. Rasmus Anderson and Chris Tanev. Those are the targets for the Maple Leafs. Okay. Rasmus Anderson and Chris Tanev, both big, heavy, right shot defensemen, rugged defensemen. Anderson, good two-way guy. He's got a couple more deal years left on his contract as well at 4.55. He's a dude who honestly could be, you know, a top pairing-ish defenseman. Like, he's a really good 2-3 in this league. He's turned out to be a solid, solid player. And we've all talked about what Chris Tanev and the what he can bring, the intangibles, the, you know, the ruggedness, the toughness, the shot blocking, the hitting capabilities, and just the stay-at-home um, defensive prowess that he brings. So both of these players, I think, would absolutely benefit and enhance this blue line immensely. Now, how do you get it done, Dave? How do you go and get yourself not only Chris Tanev, but Rasmus Anderson as well if you don't have any second-round picks and apparently no prospects is what I keep being told as well. The prospect cupboard is barren is what people keep telling me. Well, you tell me if you think this is enough to get it done, okay? So supposedly the uh, the deal that would get a Chris Tanev trade across the finish line would be a second round pick. Well, the Leafs don't have a second round pick, but I don't think they're willing to throw a first round pick at him either. So I think you're going to have to try and get creative. And this is why I decided getting two defensemen for the price of one. So it's Rasmus Anderson and Chris Tanev, okay, for the Leafs first round pick in 2024, a the Islanders third round pick in 2024. So a first, a third Fraser Minton, you're going to have to give to get, I think Fraser Minton is the player that they probably could live with giving up more so than Easton Cowan, who just broke an OHL record by the or a London Knights record for points in games straight. Um, Nick Abruzzese, and I'll explain why I'm adding him in, in just a moment and Timothy Lilligren. So let me tell you the full deal again, okay? It's Rasmus Anderson and Chris Tanev for a first-round pick, a third-round pick, Fraser Minton, Timothy Lilligren, and Nick Abruzzese. And the way you make it work cap-wise is you got to get Chris Tanev double retentioned. So you're going to have to give up an additional fourth-round pick is typically what it costs teams to uh, park you know, 25% of a contract. And so if you do that, you get the Flames to retain 50%. You get another team to retain 50%. They get a fourth round pick for doing so. And all of a sudden, Chris Tanev's cap hits at 1.125. Rasmus Anderson's cap hits at 4.55. Uh, you do, you, you send down a couple of players and all of a sudden uh, you can get a 21 man roster that is fully cap compliant. So you'll have at least one player uh, additionally um, on your roster. And uh, that's, that's the deal. That's the deal. That's, that's what I think will be a blockbuster trade. Now, do I think this is ha going to happen or all that realistic that it could happen? Not particularly. Um, but I tell you, man, if you add Rasmus Anderson, you add Chris Tanev to this lineup, to this blue line. Now, all of a sudden, you've got Riley, Tanev, Brody, 
Anderson, Benoit, McCabe. That's a pretty darn good blue line to go along with what we've seen from this group of forwards over the course of the last couple of weeks here. That would be a big-time deadline. Yeah, I mean, a buddy of mine the other day was like, what would it take to get a Rasmus Anderson out of Calgary? Mm-hmm. So it's like it's interesting. As soon as you brought up Rasmus Anderson's name, I'm like, oh, now let's see how this works. Like, And I understand some people are going to say this is a hefty price. You have Rasmus Anderson under contract for a couple more years. Yes, I think you can get Chris Tanev signed if you pretty much take Brody's deal. Now, not the exact five million, but some of that money can go to Chris Tanev, mm-hmm. right? That's how you can make this deal not look as bad if you can get both those guys to stick around. Yep. Right? Yeah. Even if you don't get Tanev to stick around, I, I think bringing these guys in, um, like this, 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 to me, to me, Dave, you could, you could mm-hmm. argue against it. But to me, I look at this blue line and you add those two players, two top four rugged right shot defensemen who play a playoff style game. You add that to this group, to this team, that looks like a cup contender to me. And I think it's worth paying that price just for to give you that opportunity to win a cup this year. And then even if Tanev leaves, you still have Rasmus Anderson, who's, you know, a top four top three defensemen in the NHL two-way defensemen at that. Yeah. I mean, that that's the thing, right? Rasmus Anderson is one of those defensemen that don't get talked about enough. Right. Cause all everyone's talking about Tanev. They're talking about Hannafin and look, is Calgary looking to move Rasmus Anderson? Likely not. They don't seem to want to do a full out scale back, but at the same time, this is a that's- team that needs to, they need to go in a different direction here, right? And they're going to get assets for like they can make out like bandits at this trade deadline if they do it correctly. Yeah, especially with Noah Hannafin, like they got to get that deal done. That's the more important deal for them, I think, than Tanov. But they can't just sit on Tanov and hope that a first round pick comes. They might have to get a little creative to squeeze as much value in Tanov as possible. Yeah, and look, I think Minton at this point is valued like a first-round pick. He should be. This guy was almost in the NHL. He was in the NHL this year to start the year. I think yeah. he would be valued as a first-round pick around the league. So it's almost like you're, you are. You're you're getting essentially two first-round picks. The way that I looked at the deal is you're giving up two first-round picks. You're giving up a – all right, I'll, I'll break it down. You're giving up a, a first-round pick in Fraser Minton, essentially. Um for uh, for Rasmus Anderson, and they are giving up Lilligren and a third for Chris Tanev. And you can throw Abruzzese into one of those deals. T- to me, that's one where it's like uh, him and Matthew Coronado were a really good pair together at Harvard for a couple of years in college. The two of them were outstanding together. So I think that he would just be an attractive asset to push this over the finish line for Calgary and Toronto. I mean, doesn't seem to have much use for this player to be quite honest with you. Um, he's just really buried down the depth chart at this point. So kind of a throw in to give him, uh, you know, a, a change of scenery for a, a guy who's now 24, 25 years old. Um, maybe he can try and do something in Calgary and reunite that uh, himself with, with Coronado, one of their top prospects. Um, 
you know, whether it's at the NHL level or at the AHL level, uh, but that's why he was included in the, in this deal. So it's almost like, yeah, Abertzazy minted in a first for Rasmus Anderson and then Lilligren in a third for uh, Chris Tanev at um, double retention, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a deal like that will be hard to, to happen. I get that, but that's the sort of like if you want to go and really reshape your blue line in one big move, that's the way to do it. That that was my like fantasy land YOLO GM trade, right? Like that's again, I don't expect that to happen, but that was like you want to make a bold trade. You want Brad Treliving to come in and throw his you know what on the ground and be like, hey, we're going for it this year. Uh, that's the type of deal that would be uh, would be going for it. That's for sure. Putting your stamp on things, uh, trading away, you know, a top prospect, a you know, a couple of draft picks, and uh, Timothy Lilligren, who I would say has probably upped his trade value over the course of the last two weeks, yeah. for sure. I think other teams would look at that and be like, "This guy's got something. This guy's got something." I'm curious. I want your thoughts below. Is that an overpayment for those two? Um, let me know down below. Uh, really quickly, just the other trade that I had the, you know depth trade i suppose not exciting as exciting one the non as exciting one that you know, like like the reason why is because it's if you make a trade for anderson and tanev you no longer need to add to your blue line obviously and this it would be you don't you don't land tanev you don't land anderson you don't land any of those top defensemen on the market what about Ilya labushkin former toronto maple leaf you know that he has had success in the past working alongside Morgan Riley. At this point, that might be what we're looking for is just a Morgan Riley D partner. If, if you like what you see out of Lilligren, you like what you see out of Brody together, you've got Benoit McCabe. Now you bring in Labushkin to play alongside Morgan Riley. You've got three D pairs that you've seen work, you know, work. And it wouldn't take a whole lot to make it happen. Um, this past offseason, Labushkin was traded from Buffalo to Anaheim for a 2025 fourth-round pick. So I wouldn't imagine it would take a whole lot. Uh, you do have the Islanders' third-round pick if you want to make that deal and and maybe throw them uh, an extra pick or perhaps see what they would want. Maybe they can even retain half of that contract. There's one more year after it, but wouldn't imagine Anaheim's in any uh, contention window where they wouldn't, you know, want to add picks or prospects to uh to keep a little bit of cap behind so uh, i think that would be you know a decent little depth deal if nothing big were to happen with the maple leafs yeah i mean I, that's totally possible given how uh how prices are like right now for players yeah all right let's take a quick break let's come back and let's get to your mock trade monday offer we'll do that next today's show is brought to you by sleeper it's almost a halfway point in the season leave fans and regardless of where we are in the current standings i want to remind you that you can win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on sleepers the official daily fantasy app of the locked on nhl network sleepers are number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because of sleeper you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests all you have to do is pick whether studs like Matthews or McDavid or Crosby or Marner, whoever will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in any given game. 
to win 100 times your bet on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Lee fans. You can win 100 times your money by playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. It's the Locked On Leafs podcast. It's Mike DiStefano, and I've got Dave Morissuti with me as always. We're your host here at the Locked On Leafs podcast. We're uh, uh, 11 days away from the NHL trade deadline, and we figured it'd be a fun time to do a little mock trade Monday. I just went over a couple of trades that I liked and thought would be interesting for the Maple Leafs. Dave has one for us. Now I will give you the floor, my friend. Yeah. So almost a similar vein to your blockbuster idea. I just included a different team. Um, I don't know if this trade is going to be possible for two reasons. One, I don't know if the team is in a sell mode right now mm-hmm. uh, because they're still technically in the hunt for a wild card, but they've also been a team that's had very up and down play this year. And that's the Seattle Kraken. Mm, that's exactly where you're going. Love as it. a couple of defensemen that I like. Now, we can get ambitious and go with the Mike, the Stefano special of going for two guys and try to really bulk it up, or you can go after one guy. So I'm going to start off with going after the one guy first because I think if you try to add in the second guy one, it's going to get really expensive and really tough to pull off. But I've been on the Adam Larson train for a while here. Because I think if you're going to add a right shot defenseman, add one that's going to fit exactly what you need. And I think Adam Larson does it. So if you're going to get an Adam Larson, it's going to be costly. I think it's going to have that first round pick involved. I think you're going to have to send a body the other way, a contract. So Connor Timmons is uh, like the one defenseman I'm adding to it. You're going to also have to add a player off the roster. And I think this is where Nick Robertson comes into play. Whether that's Nicky boy, huh? Trading away Nicky boy because Seattle doesn't, they, they're always looking for scoring. They don't have enough scoring. And, you know, they've tried adding so many different players like Tolvin in. And they got guys, but I think they need more, especially lower in the lineup depth guys. I think Robertson's really up to trade value. I just don't know if those three pieces are enough to get it done. So I think the Leafs might have to sweeten the pot. A little bit in some way, shape, or form, but like that's the framework of a of a Larson deal I'm looking at. Now, if the Leafs want to get crazy here and add another guy, there is another right shot defenseman who also has another year on his deal. And that's the other thing with Larson. He's signed for next year. So that's kind of the theme of giving up that first round pick. Plus, you're getting a guy who's signed for next year. William Borgen is that other guy. So if you can add Larson Borgen. That's one there where maybe you can include a prospect like maybe a Fraser Minton. Because you get... think William Borgen would cost a Fraser Minton? No, but if you're going to add him to the deal. Now, the other thing, too, is I think you're going to have to retain salary on one of those guys. Because I don't know if the salary is going to work with just adding those guys on. Because Larson's got $4 million, Borgen's got 2.7. 
So now, can they get away with maybe going with like a Topi Nimala? That might be a, a more attractive option because Fraser Minton giving him up, I'm not a fan of. But if you're doing, let's say, the now you can take Nick Robertson out of the deal and you could put in a Fraser Minton instead if you're not crazy about trading Robertson. But I would rather trade Robertson over a Minton. It's just if you're going to add a guy with term, that's going to cost you a bit more. Because, you know, teams, mm-hmm. whenever they're trading someone with term, it's going to cost more. Now, I think Borgen probably lands around a second-round pick if he were to get moved, and I've heard his name being thrown out there. Again, Seattle's not in a position where they say, oh, we're going to sell. So I think a team's really going to have to be aggressive if they want to go out and get them. Interesting. Interesting. That wasn't the name that I thought you were going to you were gonna put on the table here. Will Borgen, a little bit off the radar. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember when he was in Buffalo prior to the expansion draft, and he was the player that Seattle took from Buffalo in expansion. Our good friend over at Locked On Sabres, uh, Joe DiBiase, was a big Will Borgen fan, and he was livid when the Sabres did not, you know, uh, protect Borgen and allowed him to be exposed and evidently taken by the Seattle Kraken. He thought he was going to turn into a, a really good, solid two-way defenseman for the Sabres. And, well, he's turned out to be a good, solid two-way defenseman, just not for the Sabres, for the Seattle Kraken. Um, Fraser Minton might be a little rich. Like, I think Will Borgen on a cup-contending playoff mm-hmm. team is probably like a third-pair guy. Well- I'm saying you're going to add Borgen to the Art Larson deal. No, oh, I know that. But like, if you already have a deal done and you're adding Borgen, so then you have to add something else. I don't think Minton is the add. What would you? What would you add? I think maybe Nimala might be a little bit easier. Way if, easier. Oh, I think there's a big gap between a Minton and and Nimala. Oh yeah, because Nimala is older. He's not. He's getting. He's going to be eventually out of that prospect realm very soon. Yeah, I um. Uh, like the Leafs surprisingly actually have a couple of decent goalie prospects. Mm-hmm. I think no, Seattle is desperate for goalies. Yeah, like I don't think Hildeby would be a guy they'd want to move on from, no. but they've got a couple of dudes out in uh, Russia. Russia. Artur Oktyamov, uh potentially could be an option to add in there. Again, I don't think he would land you a Will Borgen, but... Yeah. I don't know. I, I I I would think maybe like a a B level prospect, not yeah. not an, an A level prospect. That's fair. Probably a so, little rich on that. Even Pe- uh, Pexa is another goal. Yeah, uh, Vashislav Pexa uh, yeah. is another one out there. Um, like I even like a, I don't know. Like that Islanders third round pick might be enough to that. To do it I was thinking about that too. That third rounder might still be valuable enough because it is the Islanders pick. It is going to be. Probably going to be a lower pick, not that much lower than what a Leafs third rounder would have cost. They also have some fifth rounders. Got three fifth rounders. Take one. Have yeah. them. Yeah. Um, now, if the Leafs aren't going big game hunting, if they feel that. They but here's want- my question to you. Here's my question to you. Is Will Borgen enough of an upgrade on Timothy? Like, is he an upgrade on Lilligren in your mind? Defensively, I think he is, especially on the PK. They need help on that PK. And he's one of the better ones in seattle like that's his thing yeah and he plays a lot in the defensive zone like he is so if you're adding you're adding an adam Mm -hmm. larson and you're adding will borgen 
you're taking Lilligren out of the lineup? Oh, uh, you might have. Well, right now I would have, yeah, because Ben was there, because Larson would go with Riley. Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would, it'd be close. It would be close because I don't know if, if Sheldon Keith trusts Lilligren enough. Like, there's been a good sample right now for Lilligren. It's just, as it gets tougher, will he be able to handle it? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I'm not saying this because yeah. I think that Lilligren for sure is better than Borgen or Lilligren mm-hmm. deserves to be in the lineup. I'm legitimately asking you, yeah. like, you know, because if you're making a deal um, to to better yourself and you're giving up picks and prospects, yeah. like, you better hope that Borgen is that much better than yeah. Lilligren if you're giving up, like, a and look, Seattle, Seattle or, might even ask ask for Lilligren in this if they're going to give up both guys. Instead of a instead of Robertson, maybe they ask for a Lilligren to, you know, enhance the blue line. Yeah, replace kind of what they're giving up. So that Possibly. could Lilligren does have good like analytical numbers, and yeah. if I'm not mistaken, like that's that team they they love their analytics and they look like the numbers. They like the numbers. And there's someone if there's anyone that knows Lilligren, it's that Seattle coaching staff. Yeah, uh, with Hackstall, was he around when Lilligren was here? He had to have been. Uh, he might have been with the Marley still, though. I don't think it was a regular. He might have been in and out of the lineup. But From 2019 to 2021, so maybe like kind of seen bits of him. Like, he would yeah. have had to have seen him at some point. At some point, probably. probably. Now, if the Leafs decide they don't want to go big game hunting here, if they just want to add, let's say, an upgrade on that, on the Riley side, because right now it's Lagason. Right. They feel like they just need to get that one guy. Uh, William Carrier. I've I've been a big, even if just out of Alex, Alex Carrier. Oh, sorry. Al, why did I say William? There is. I'll a, take a William Carrier too. I yeah, love me some I, Will Carrier from Vegas. Yes. From Vegas. Um, we'll get both. Will Carrier, one of the best fourth liners in the NHL. I actually probably. wouldn't mind that either, but Vegas ain't selling. Uh, no. They need to add players. They're not there. They, they have, they have the infirmary going in Vegas again. Uh, no, Alex Carrier. I think Nashville. Um, they got they got guys like that that they can go on and really make things help their future out because that team is not going anywhere this year. Let's be honest. Yeah, like they might even trade UC Soros if they're if the right offer comes around. But you know, Alex Carrier. I think even you add him to even add him to the other side with Riley. I think that's a better upgrade on the right side than what you got right now. I think he's an underrated player and you can probably get him for a cheaper price, like a third round pick. You might even add a sweetener with a conditional pick below that as well. Yeah. I I, I like, I I like Carrie. I do. I do like him uh, as a possibility. Um, I think he's going to get a lot of suitors and that might drive the price up. Well, actually, since we brought him up, I recently reached out to, uh, to our friends over at Locked On Predators to ask about Carrier. I reached out to to Anne and I asked her, like, hey, we're thinking about, uh, I asked her, curious, how would you describe Carrier's game? Because I knew that we were going to bring him up at some point on the podcast. And she said this, quote, Carrier has been an interesting player. He's not necessarily a physical player, but he's very smart and has worked on being a bit more offensively minded in brunette system he does best with a consistent partner and he uh and he and jeremy lazon have been solid for nashville this season 
off the ice. He's a good person. And I followed up that asking her about physicality, if there was much physicality, because he's not a big guy. Like, that's the thing. He's not a big guy, but I've always thought that he held his own well. So I wanted to get her thoughts on it. And he's that's basically what she said. He's not going to be a big physical player, uh, but he did say that he's strong, but not a heavy hitter, but he, he can hold his own. So um, he's not going to shy away from physicality, but that's not a, as big a part of his game. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's not a big massive hulking guy. He's not Jake McCabe who's going to throw his weight around or anything like that, but he's not going to get pushed around either, which you can decide what you want. If that's what you want, if that's the direction the Maple Leafs want to go in, that doesn't necessarily scream a tree living kind of guy, but he is uh, a good, a good defenseman in my estimation. I, I like you bring up Will Borgen. Like if you're looking to just grab a, a, a depth, yeah. a depth guy, like that would be a possible depth ad realistically. Like, and, and he's a guy you have around for next year. Yeah, like even if you can't get it done for for Adam Larson, because that might be a little bit difficult. Mm-hmm. Hey, see if you can get Borgen cheap out of out of Seattle. I think that wouldn't be bad. Like Borgen's kind of in that Labushkin, Alex Carrier. Like these guys are all very similar. Where it's like, okay, what's it going to cost to you? Like a you know second, third round pick, maybe a, a B level prospect um, to to get it done, most likely. So. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens at the trade deadline. Lots of options, that's for sure. Lots and lots of options for the Maple Leafs here. Uh, yeah, you got any? The Go lot, like, because I keep hearing there's not many options, not many options. There's just not that stud, like, absolute number one defenseman out there. And there's never going yeah. to be. People need to temper their expectations. Noah Hannafin's probably the only top tier defenseman. And even then, like, people aren't putting him in the Norris trophy race. Right. Yeah. And like, um, again, like the reason why the Leafs aren't going to go out to him is because he ain't signing here. He and he's a left him. shot. They need a right yeah. shot. Yeah. There's all that. They need, they need to stop with the, they need another right shot. Yes. It's apparent. And there aren't any teams aren't giving them away. No, uh, really quickly. We uh, asked, or I asked the good people of Twitter to give me, some decent trade offers that they would want to see the Leafs make. Uh, there were some decent ones and there were some not so decent ones, not so decent <laughs> ones where people think that uh, you can give up your garbage and get absolute studs uh, coming back. And then there are also, there's a lot of people here. There's a lot of mad Dumba trades here. And, yeah, and I don't buddy. know how to tell people this, but Matt Dumba's not very good at hockey anymore. This isn't 2016. Um, you're not giving up valuable pieces for Matt Dumba. Here's the so thing, and I, and I know why it is. And my buddy James over at Offside Hockey Talk, big, big, big fan of the show. Yeah. He's they see Matt Dumba as that physical guy who once in a once in a blue moon played with Morgan Riley at the World Championships, and they think that reunion could be possible. But that was years ago. Matt Dumba has been through some injuries. He's also not, he's more of an offensive type guy. You need stability. Like if Luke Shen had stuck around with the Leafs or if Luke Shen didn't sign that deal with Nashville, he'd be a guy I would want to play with Morgan Riley. That's the type of player that the Leafs need to get to play with Morgan Riley. Ilya Labushkin. Bring him back. Yeah, Ilya Labushkin would be the next, like the Luke Shen 2.0. 
option. Just maybe well, cost Luke, Luke Shen was Ilya Labushkin 2.0. He was. He actually caught yeah. that was probably the better deal in terms of value and what the Leafs gave up because it was only a third round pick. Yeah. A um, I'm just looking at some of uh some of Dumba's numbers. Wait, that's not it. Yeah, some of Dumba's numbers this year. And grants he's playing for Arizona. It's a pretty crap team, but it's not great. Like <laughs> his he's given up 30 scoring chances against per 60, you know, 13 high danger chances per 60. Given up he's been on the ice for over three goals per 60 minutes. It's it's just it's not good. The numbers are not uh, are not glowing and the eye test tells me too that Matt Dumba's well past his prime. So there were a lot of Dumba, Dumba's uh, trades out there like this. Uh, Jared Brown, well, Dumba for Topi Nimala and a fourth round pick. Pass. I will pass on that. Dumba uh, on the on the wild was also much different because he actually had decent players playing with him in Minnesota as well. So it can look a little deceiving. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a couple other decent trades that uh, that some of the listeners or some of the people who responded to this on Twitter had uh, Tyler, uh, not Tyler. That's that's a guy from high school that I went to. Alex Carrier and uh, Dante. Just, sorry, Carrier. Eventually, if you do become a Leaf, we will remember your first name. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's that was he was a twin that I went to high school with. Tyler Carrier, Tyler and Justin Carrier. Shout out to those two. Uh, but Carrier or Fabro, one of the two, and a Colton Sissons, apparently, for uh, a first and a fifth. Seems a bit much, but it's not terrible. Topi Nemo and a fourth for Sean Walker. I don't hate that. I don't yeah, I don't I, know I, how many how valuable Nemo would be around the league, though. Like I don't know if that'd be enough. To get shot, I feel like Leaf fans value him too much. The Athletic put a nice little piece on how he's progressing with the Marlies and how he's, you know, quietly been a you know really good defensive for them. The issue is he's not blowing people's opinions out of the water. Like people aren't going every deal. The Leafs should be including Nimala to get a really good defenseman back. Just it's not something that people and maybe just not enough people are watching uh, watching Topi Nimala. That could be an issue reason too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Let's see another good one. Uh, here's one where your boy Adam Larson was involved in one. This is from uh, Majam 1994. Matt something. Matt agent maybe. Uh, Timmons, Gregor, Nimala, and a third for Adam Larson and Pierre Edward Belmar. Larson at 25%. Again, I don't think that's nearly enough. That's one of those ones where it's like, take all of this crap and give us your good player. Don't see that one no. come into fruition. Um, someone was on my wavelength, I guess, with uh, Kadri and Rasmus Anderson with two million retained on Kadri's contract for the next next five years. Apparently, six years here. Interesting for Robertson, Minton, Nimala, a first and a third. Don't think Toronto wants to be making that deal. As good as Kadri was, I don't think uh, his best days are behind him. I don't know if bringing him in will necessarily help this club. Uh, Adam Larson for first, Connor Timmins and Roni Hirvidin. Now that seems like a decent little trade. That's by West Coast Leafs. Larson for first, Timmins and uh, and Irvidin. That that seems like something I could get behind. Something that seems pretty realistic. 
actually. Yeah, I mean, do you, some some people got a little too ambitious, and some people are undervaluing the Leaf stuff a little bit here. That's just what always happens here. Always is going to happen. Uh, someone believes Wazoo ninety nine thinks no trades. Keep your draft picks. Maybe add a depth defenseman for a fifth round pick. Doesn't believe any trade out there could have any impact. I don't agree. I do not agree with that take. I think I think the Leafs have proven that they deserve to be invested in this year and make some sort of trade. Uh, Luke Lyman stole Alex Venberg and Will Borgen. Your boy Borgen being included in a deal here. Wenberg at 50% retained. Uh, for Ryan Reeves, Topi Nimala, Artur Oktiyamov, a first-round pick in 2026, and then the Islanders' third-round pick this year. Um, that's quite the trade. Yeah, because Seattle, the analytics are going to go after Ryan Reeves. Yeah, yeah, I just uh, don't see that one happening. <laughs> to be honest. That one, I'm not sure I could see happening. Minton, a first, and Samsonov for Markstrom and Tanev. Like, I would make that trade. I don't think Calgary would make that trade, if I had to imagine. They are going to they are going to get a haul from Markstrom if they if the New Jersey Devils pony up. Yeah. Yeah, As they should be. Yes. Uh what's another one here? Uh yeah, see another Dumba one. Minton and a third for Matt Dumba at fifty percent retained. Why? Why are we doing this? I don't. I don't get some people. People think that he's still a really good player. Uh, Hillsy eighteen twenty eight says uh, for Matt at Matthew Hills says Nick Robertson and a pick for Adam Larson could get it done. Could potentially get it done. David McIsaac thinks David Savard didn't give me an uh, uh, a trade, but yeah. said David Savard for question mark. I've heard that Savard ain't going anywhere. He doesn't even want to leave Montreal. I don't even know if he has trade protection. So here's how's this one to you, Jan Ruta and Luke Cunnan, who actually I believe was part of uh, Thirty One Thoughts this past weekend uh, or Saturday Night Headlines or something as someone that's gaining some interest from San Jose for Steve's Lagason, a third and a fifth. Don't hate it. If Jan Ruta can not be as bad as he's been in San Jose, I'd consider it. He was really good for Tampa. Not as good for Pittsburgh. Yeah. That might've been more the headman effect than anything else. Ooh, Marcy 99. Is it a possibility to look at Seth Jones? I think no. he could bring some spark back there. Right shot, large body. Terrible contract. Awful contract. He's making <laughs> yeah, he nine got, and a half. I'm sorry. If you're going to complain about all these deals the Leafs have signed, let's start bashing some of the other teams who have had some really, really bad deals. TML fan in Van uh, had a really good point on Twitter. Bertuzzi and Domi learning how to play hockey at the deadline is our best pickup. Kind yeah. Of true. I mean, look, look, if it continues, if it everyone continues. talking about how brutal the lease were at the beginning, none of the guys were producing all the new guys you're living brought in. Now that they're starting to teams are starting to play better, right? Yep. Sure. Now, are. You just need, but the issue is you need a lot of things to kind of go your way to make it happen. 
Yes. And um, it's going to be fascinating because, you know, we're, we're talking about a lot of blue liners and defensemen on all of these trades. I don't see a whole lot of people asking for any forwards. And are we sure that uh, are we sure that this is what we're going to get from Domi and Bertuzzi the rest of the way? Are we going to get this out of, you know, the third line? Is Bobby McMahon going to score a bunch of goals here going forward? Like, are we set with the forward lines? Because neither of us came up with a trade that included a, a, a forward, and neither did any of the 20 people that responded to me on Twitter with these. So maybe that's a conversation we could have tomorrow. Like, what's our confidence level in this forward group? And should all of the focus be on the blue line or uh you know do does tree living still maybe need to work on a third line center or a, a middle six winger of some kind to add some secondary offense that's a conversation we could have tomorrow though pal let's uh let's let's put a bow on today that is going to do it for us on today's podcast I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show you can subscribe to the locked on leaves podcast on all platforms and receive daily leaves content follow myself on twitter at mickey underscore Canuck. follow dave at the underscore more and follow the show as well at locked on leaves go ahead leave a like if you enjoyed the video uh comment down below if you got a trade request that you'd like to throw at us potentially we'll uh we'll take a read and we'll let you know our thoughts but or you could let us know your thoughts on our trade offers that we had. Um, but that'll do it for us here today. We'll be back with another episode for you guys tomorrow. Maple Leafs game day. They'll be back in action. We'll help tee up the Leafs and Golden Knights part two in the last week. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.